G'day and welcome to the pod pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Wednesday night. It's the 2nd of August. Massive week in fantasy. It seems like a lifetime ago now, Louie, when we do record on the Wednesday night. But uh, this week we're doing a massive show. It's going to be a bit different. And we've got a huge show ahead. We're going to do a draft-style best 22 for the run home. That was our fan-favorite episode ahead of the season. We're going back to the well for the final month to see who's going to bring home your fantasy season. But before we get stuck in, of course, I'm here with a duo of top 10 finishes. And not just once, twice in the top 10. That's Kyle Holmes and John Harmy. And we've also got a bit of a special guest, you might say. You heard his voice before. But he is friend of a Div 12 resi sensation, Louie, popping up a few socials on the weekend. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. And uh, yeah, Div 12 resis on the Friday obviously went down with you and uh, Hef and Bales from uh, Fantasy Fanatics. And that was that was good fun. Uh, not the best standard of football, but uh, probably <laughs> a bit more entertaining than... Uh, in the Collingwood Carlton game, ironically, just because of some of the antics that were going on, there were plenty of torps and uh, and plenty of uh, half commitments to tackles and a lot of beer bellies to to sort of go around there. But no, it was a it was a fantastic night and uh, well done to Checkers or Marmalade, uh, formerly of Lane Kicking, for putting up that event. It was it was very very cool. Unbelievable uh, scenes rocking up to this, yeah, this country footy oval. Um, actually, arch rivals of uh, of my my footy club, actually, but down at Lockleys Oval and um, seeing five thousand people come out to watch the the Div Twelve Resies was um, a crazy achievement. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to see the lane kicking former lane kicking co host absolutely bringing the crowd down there. An awesome event, and congratulations to him. And we also saw Geordie down there as well. You forgot to mention Louis, one of the avid listeners one of your mates as well so good yeah, to see yeah. you out there yeah doing well across the formats Geordie as well so yeah good coach killing it all right over to Harmy, one of our two-time top 10 finishes mate how was your weekend anything exciting for you or just the fantasy footy to keep an eye on um I, nothing too notable actually buzz uh, just a bit of kids sport and stuff and no nothing too exciting just the bombers sadly watching the bombers <laughs> Sound excited there, mate, to watch your, your mighty bombers fly up. Uh, all right, Holmesy, how was your weekend, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Nothing to report. Another so-so round of AFL Fantasy, but was good to watch a little bit of footy and, and yeah, looking forward to the last month and, and watching these Pod Pod Challenge members and, and some of the content creators fly home to hopefully uh, win a hat and, and push that sort of top 10. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. A month to go. Let's get bloody excited. Let's get keen. And, and I can't wait to do this best 22. But first, let's just reflect on the week that was. And, and aside from um, the mighty, mighty Weagles getting a W, we did also have some fantasy to reflect on. Let's get into our scores and recaps. Louis, how did you go for the week, mate? Yeah, good, mate. I scored the 25-43. So, that might... I haven't gone back and checked, but that might be one of my largest scores for the season, if not the largest. So, uh, that was good to see. Obviously, par was quite high this week, but I still managed to sneak up about 200 spots. So, I'm into 1672 now. So, uh, edging closer to that top 1,000. Hopefully, I can get there by the end of the year. Massive stuff from you, Louis, and yep, he's always going in trying to keep the streak alive of top thousand finishes. Harmy, how about you? Was it a strong week? Obviously, everyone's scoring massive around the board. 
Uh, it wasn't too bad. You may recall, uh, Buzz, I threw down the gauntlet last week and Louis took notice, which was uh, good to see. He just pipped me by 20-odd points. I scored 2-5-2-1 for the round. So, uh, look, some good stuff and some not so good stuff, but I mean, you can't be disappointed when you hit 2-5. No, um, wish I could have hit 2-5. I, I can't believe some of the scores out there. I think I think the traders mentioned maybe 2,700 was the top score and it was the top score of all season or something crazy like that. Holmesy, did you edge close to the 2,700 mark, mate? Yeah, just a, a nice... 250-ish points below that buzz, <laughs> but I had a uh, 24.72, which was essentially par. I went up eight ranking points, so we're absolutely flying. Uh, I'm going to ride on your coattails and push towards that lux towards the end of the year. I no doubt that we have a, a 3K score just around the corner, mate, where we're flying, and I know you, you went up a, a fair few ranks too. Yeah, mate, that's right. Um, Luck's firmly in sight still, never giving up the dream. We claimed it was going to happen. I've still still got hope it's going to happen this year. So, huge score from me. Um, two, four, three, three. Moved myself up from 17,223 all the way into 17,211. So, 12-point jump uh, there for the for Big Dossie and he's flying home up the ranks um, for a big Lux finish. But let's get into our positives and negatives with our Lux or Sucks. You know the Lux is mine from the start. First up, we've got the Lux. Louis, who came through with the goods for you this week? Yeah, it's a bit out of the box, this one, but I'm going to give it to Josh Kelly. Uh, watching that game, I was super nervous on the roll. It just seemed like he was ball-watching a bit, but uh, as Josh Kelly has done over his career, he's very good at finding the football through more than one way and, uh, yeah, notched up that 122, which was fantastic. So, uh, even though I was a bit nervous about him being more of a winger a couple of weeks ago and probably advised Harmy. Uh, not to touch it. Uh, desperation took me there and uh, he has rewarded me. So, probably about the 10th year that I've gone back to the world with Josh Kelly. is like an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, he's uh, he's one that I struggle to go back to and I think I've had my last um, my last foray with the Kelly, but we'll wait and see next year in the pre-season if he comes back in. I don't think I could do it for the rest of the year though. Harmy, what about you? Who's your Lux for the week? My Lux for the week, Dosby, is Errol Gordon, 142. But the reason was I VC'd um, Sam Doherty uh, in that first game of the round and he put up that 87. So I needed somebody to come through, chuck the C on Gordon, and he just killed it um, against my Bombers. So um, he, he's just awesome. He's just got a very well-rounded fantasy game, Errol. Yeah, he's an amazing player to watch and, and maybe comes up in something that was brought up on the uh, the traders this week. They, they did shout out to the pod pod, uh, old Warney mentioned the observable thirst and I think Roy just described it perfectly on their show of how of the just the thirst that he displays out there and the way he just demands the pill, it is um, a sight to behold. So, love to see that from Errol Goulden and, and like I said, I mean, he's been, he's over a million bucks now and one of the most expensive players in the competition. Crazy to see that and um, speaking of um, Errol being amazing, let's go to a non-owner now, Holmesy. Who's your lucks for the week? Yeah, Dossie, I had a few big scores this round, but I'm actually going to give it to uh, Bevo. Thank you, Bevo, for deciding to keep the midfield merry-go-round going this week and providing Jack McRae the opportunity to have some time around the ball and to put up a 107. I really appreciate it, and I uh, 
Can't wait for him to be a permanent forward next week and have the hope just die. But yeah, that was a that was a good score on the weekend. Yep, and uh, just yeah, like you said, America. Around the moment we start talking about trading him, the, the, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, when, and he's going to stay another week, isn't he? So, anyway, good on McRae. It's been an absolute ride this year for McRae owners. Shout out to you if you are one as well. Um, my lucks for the week is a guy that I brought in just last week, Maxi Gorn. I'm going to go with him. Um, Look, it was a nervous wait for that game for, for Melbourne after trading out one Kieran Briggs for Maxi Gorn. But we got to go with Maxi Gorn for Pippin Briggsy by one point this week. <laughs> so a worthwhile trade after Briggsy went the 130 upon trade out. So can we do no, I'm very happy to just see just a, a quick recap on the who said this Dossie in the messenger group from this week? I've been the, okay. It was about halfway through the first quarter of the <laughs> Melbourne game and he's devastated by his trade-in of Max Gorn. <laughs> yeah, well, I had another trade-in that I'll get to in a minute and it looked like a shocking weekend for me, so let's get to our sucks for the week. Well, seeing as I kicked it off, I might as well take away my sucks for the week and, and I'm not giving it to the man himself that let me down oh so much on that uh, that fateful Friday night. But in the Collingwood-Carlton game, you mentioned off the top, Louis, the, uh, I was happy at the Resi's game watching Checkers and the boys go out there and put on a show and, and then I get a tap on the shoulder from, I think it was uh, Louis, or it might have even been Bales, with a grin, wide as can be on the face, saying, Chair has been subbed out. So, that was great news for me after holding on for that week. Uh, I've got the donut followed by a 66 and re-injuring the hamstring, but I'm giving it to the, the medicos there for letting a guy... There's no such thing as a one-week hamstring. Like, how many times do we have to say this? We're not medical professionals, but I've, ne I've never seen a bloke go out there and have a one-week string. So, um, a bit like the Port Adelaide medicos, Louis, I might throw over to you, mate, and uh, let's talk about your sucks for the week. Yeah, I'll tell you, if I was coaching, I would have thrown Chera back on there a bit soft, I think. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'd no, already won them the game. That was why they, they had to take him off. It was The game was done, mate. Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, my sucks, it's got to go to Ben Keys with the 62. Um, it's probably, the writing's been on the wall for a little while here. But, yeah, he's, he's left that midfield. He's no longer attending as many CBAs as what he was. I think Rankin contributes to that, but I think Matt Crouch, as Harmy mentioned pre-show, coming into the into the squad, that definitely affects things as well. So uh, Ben Keys, I think it's time to move him on. He's probably more predominantly forward now, and that might limit his ceiling to about a ninety. Yeah, got to go at this stage. Harmy sucks for the week. Oh look, I was about three or four weeks ago. I brought in an underpriced premium uh, to to make some money and to score some big scores and Callum Mills, uh, 58 points on the weekend and I'll have, mm. to, I have to go through the quarter splits but probably lucky to get 58, just very slowly ticking over, shocking. But uh, anyway, Callum Mills, thanks for that. Uh, on his way out the door, I think, for me. If only we had a co-host on this show tell us to not trade in Callum Mills, boys. I thought we were helping each other out. Mm. Where is that person? Dog bloke. <laughs> well, Holmesy, talking about dog blokes, uh, take us through your sucks for the week. Yeah, I would have given mine to Callum Mills as well, Harmy, but you can have that one and I'll raise you one point for a Lockie Neal, 59. Um, we've seen that he's the most taggable player in the comp um, and, yeah, being tagged to a 59, 
wasn't even a, a terribly hard tag. It was just took Miller deciding to run with him for the day and, and go head to head. And unfortunately, Lockie Neal has these games and I think it's probably one to consider. I know Louis got some pretty big thoughts on maybe a revenge game this week, but the blueprint's there. If you want to beat Brisbane, you tag Lockie Neal out of the game and I can't say why more teams wouldn't be looking to do it moving forward. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, one of the, I guess we'll speak about it in a second in our hot topics, just those tags and, and coming at the wrong time of year, which I think we mentioned just the other week as well. I think it was last week we were starting to talk about it and if we should be worried, but yeah, Lockie Neal copying it and he just can't. He can't handle it, as you mentioned before, even though he is a Brownlow medalist and an absolute gun um, when he's flying. Let's get into just talking a bit about our beloved listeners and how they're going, as well as the Content Creators Cup run by Guesty and Infinite Wealth, getting those promos all year long, and he's probably going to win his own competition here. He popped a 26-21, but um, let's talk about our guys the Pod Pod crew. We've still got Louie in there. Fifth place up against eighth. He demolished old uh, Haircuts FC. That's um, Miller time, I believe. And then Stato coming home strong in the season as well. 25-15 for him taking out Roy. So, Louie, how are you feeling heading into the, uh, I guess this will be the prelims of the Content Creators Cup next week? Oh, pretty nervous going into this next round, obviously. Um, I let Nick know last week that 2020 didn't count, so I wasn't too worried about coming up against <laughs> him. Uh, <laughs> no, only kidding, Nick. No, it was a good little win there, and I'm not sure who I'm up against next week, but uh, it's been a great little uh, league this year, and it's been fun to just keep track of all the other content creators in it. So, uh, well done to Tim and Bales for that one. It's been a great little uh, league that we've been playing in. Absolutely. And, and we may have thrown a few barbs a few people's ways the last couple of weeks, but we absolutely love everyone in the content creative community and also the fantasy community in general. So, um, keep up the good work and good luck, everyone on the run home. Looking forward to seeing who wins the Content Creators Cup at the end of the year. Also, our beloved pod pod challenge that's featuring every one of our listeners i mean geez you might as well jump in if you if you haven't jumped in already it is an open league you can get in at any time so the pod pod challenge we've got a massive 27 in the top 100 now in that including third place michael and his team no haynes no gain love that team name we got four jono's been there sticking around all the time love it first lance he's been sliding in the dms he's got a question we want to answer later on we've got fifth with tens titans that's kevin's team seventh all my homies 2023 that's robert's team and we've got bindi's blues dtb um that is 10th overall so Lots of people um, in the top 10 alone, Holmesy, coming home strong. Far out. This Pod Pod Challenge this year, as heated as it ever has been. Yeah, and it's going to be really exciting to watch these coaches fight for those spots on the run home. Uh, There's nothing better than this time of year chasing that top spot. So good luck to those coaches out there. And like I said before, I'm really looking forward to not only watching them towards this last month, but also some of the other content creators um, that are pushing towards hat territory. It's really cool to see your mates um, flying for those spots this late in the season. Yeah, and uh, actually, to, to be fair, even though they're vying for the Hilux, uh, Jono was in the DMs, currently sitting fourth overall, and he seemed more worried and, and more concerned that he'd lost top spot of the Pod Pod Challenge to Michael this week. So, um, clearly, that is what you're going for over, over the Lux and a hat up, Holmesy. 
did you actually reply, reply to him in the DMs this week, Dossie, or did you leave him on scene? <laughs> I, I, I have replied to him, but make sure we get to that question at the end of the show, okay? Because <laughs> otherwise I'll be in trouble. Um, last but not least, our Pod Pod Listener League. So, we're heading into the finals of that as well, and we haven't done an update for a little while. So, we've still got to think of a prize for that. We did announce there'd be a prize at the start of the season, and I've thrown out the idea of maybe a car- carton of ton middies as we- as I thought you were about to, to say cars. <laughs> Who's somebody putting in on that one? <laughs> as, as Well, footy, footy grid ain't doing that well, mate. Don't, don't worry about that. But, um, yeah, so heading into the Listener League finals, Team DOS- Zero teams uh, made it through for the boys there. Team Harmy, who only had the one team, uh, zero teams heading through for him as well. Stato with one team making it through to the cut of the final eight. Holmesy with two, and that leaves bloody team Louie. He's drafted the Listener League very well there. Five teams left for Lou. It was a pretty good result. So, all, all those in Team Lou, well done. It's been a great season. Thank you for representing me and uh, I hope you can all get, get a hat. That'll be great. All right, let's get into our hot topics for the week and we're going to zoom through these because we've got a big Best 22 episode to come for you. But we mentioned a little bit earlier, Holmesy mentioned that the tagging was back for Lockie Neal. But um, just to mention there as well, the other side of the scale, Harmy, we saw Took Miller moving into a tagging role as well. And I guess what's your perspective on, on Toot Miller's role and if that's a kind of once-off and, and, you know, what do you think for for Neil owners as well moving forward, seeing how, you know, valuable that tag was for the win in Gold Coast? Still managed to rack up a few touches himself, uh, Took. That was, I was a bit surprised at how badly uh, Neil scored with the tag on him. But, look, I wasn't that keen on Took before the weekend's game. Didn't make me any more keen on him, to be honest. I haven't seen the ceiling from him that much. I think the dynamic has changed at um, the Suns uh, with, uh, well, Flanders a little bit, but, you know, and with him being out so long and not coming back at full fitness probably. So he's probably not some coach I'd, as well. I wouldn't be targeting him over the next four weeks um, if you're looking at a trading option there, Buzz. The funny thing is, Dossie, uh, he was actually doing a bit of a job on LDU in that game that he did his knee. So maybe that is a, something that they're looking at. They know he's got that elite tank and the elite work rate that maybe they use him as more of a defensive-minded player moving forward and, and maybe it won't always translate into having 29 touches um, it just worked out that way on the weekend because he was able to blanket Neil so well and he was able to get it on the outside too. Yeah, it was Funnel. interesting to hear that he actually volunteered for that yeah, role. That's what he put say. his hand so. up and said that he wants it. So, I'm not sure if it's uh, – I mean, it might be a bit of uh, the beginning of a trend on the other end, but I'm not sure if it's the beginning of a trend for two tagging. But uh, it's definitely one to watch and uh, – as we saw on the weekend, uh, Tuke Miller is no stranger to be able to find the balls. <laughs> no, look, it's not really a beginning because he's going back <laughs> to the beginning. He started as a tagger. That's how he, how he, um, you know, learned his craft and built his tank. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it it does become more common for them. All right, the other hot topic, and it's something we're going to do in our draft. We're going to be doing our best 18 for the month home, and then our bench, we're going to have four players that we think are going to pop in round 24. I think this guy's almost a certain guarantee to be drafted in that bench slot. But uh, Tex Walker, 
I think now we're we're going to see a two man race on the way home for this Coleman. Obviously, it depends on the next couple, but. Um, Taxi Walker up against the Weagles in round 24. Are we going to see just an explosion like we did the other the other year? And uh, who was it that brought you home, someone with a 200? Holmesy, I think they pipped you at the post with a 200, didn't they, or something like that? Nah, you'd be talking to Harmy, mate. That was big Jezza Cameron uh, chasing that Coleman with that 150. Uh, just quietly with Tex Walker, did anyone see that goal that he kicked on the weekend on his left from outside 50? It was actually incredible. He's gone he was, to gone yeah. to kick it on his right, and he's faked the guy on the mark and ran around on his left and dobbed it from outside fifty. Oh, like that he, was, yeah, that was ridiculous. He is in career best form at thirty three. It is Crazy. incredible what he's doing at the moment. I thought he was done like three years ago or something like that. He had like an absolute atrocious year, and then he came back the next year, killed it. Yeah, we kicked Obviously, fifteen goals during the COVID season, and I think he's got about upwards of fifty at the moment. He's got 61 at the moment, so Kerno's on 67. Right. Um, so, anyway, I just think, you know, both – it's a two-man race essentially now. You've got Nick Larky somehow has managed 50 goals on North Melbourne, but um, two-man race with Coleman. Just keep an eye on that as a unique pod on the run home. I'd probably wait and hold off until we see a good matchup or that last round. And also, something you've been flagging for a while, Louis, just the retirements. Now, we're seeing a wave come through, some immediately. Obviously, Lance Franklin, lots has been made on uh, about his retirement on other shows and obviously we congratulate him and he's been an absolute superstar of the game as everyone has been saying but I want to talk about it from a fantasy perspective Louis and you've been talking about it for quite some time so take it away. Yeah look you know obviously retirements this time of year uh, come around and we've seen a few already we've seen Zebul, we've seen Hearn, we've seen Hall, uh, we've seen Buddy not all of those are going to be playing a retirement game we certainly know at this point that Zebul probably will be and Hearn definitely will be uh, these are the blokes that we got to keep on our radar because throughout their career they've been able to manage high fantasy scores I'd be surprised if most of those names that I just mentioned aren't an 85 or more career average for fantasy and I think uh, history sort of suggests that these types of players in their last game do get given the pill uh, they get fed the ball and, you know, when we're talking Zebel or Hearn who have put up some serious ceiling scores from doing that just in a normal game, uh, there's certainly potential to be a little bit of ceiling there. So, just keep that in mind and uh, it's probably a good thing that these are the guys that we're talking about because they do fit in at F6 and D6 because that's probably the one position which is up in the air a little bit. But uh, And we can extend that out to Coleman medals too, so... Uh, I know a few coaches traded in Charlie Kerno for that West Coast Eagles game a couple of weeks ago, and they would have been better off for that. Tex, as you mentioned before, Dossie is another good one. Uh, you just got to keep in mind all those individual accolades. I think Harry Sheasel is another one uh, with Ashcroft going down. He really wants that Rising Star Award, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him kick it up a notch too. Yeah, well, with Sheasel, the Aaron Hall out and the Zebul retiring, if that confirms him in the back line. That's good news for current owners for the next four weeks. Let's keep that yeah. one on the down low. Yeah, unless Zebul, unless they give Zebul just all the time in the world for his last month and then it's like, ah, oh, just bugger well, off. He's <laughs> been the sub, so I wouldn't be surprised if Zebul um, either continues to be the sub or maybe spends a couple of weeks off and then comes back for that last matchup. That's hot topic uh, we've been talking about It might not be around 24, though, mate. Well, we've been talking about for a while. Isn't Clarko back this week, too? So... Another wrinkle yep. in the works um, to keep an eye on. But let's get into our best 22 Hold draft. On. The might Hold even on. chuck. Oh, what? what? A late breaking hot topic, Dossie. 
And okay. I don't know if this means that the podcast is going to finish early tonight. Oh, boy. Mitch Cleary reporting that Gold Coast boss Mark Evans is travelling to offer Damien Hardwick the Gold Coast Suns job. Oh, boy. Is that, is that a backflip on the offer that they put to you? Or do you knock them back? Yeah, look... Um, no, I'm not going to even touch on that, uh, Harmy. But that is that is some breaking news, and probably I think he was about a dollar one on uh, on all the sporting um, apps a bit to be the new coach, Louis. Hey, Dossie, I just think um, with the hot topics discussing Took, might be remiss not to mention the bloke he actually tagged in Lockie Neal, who's got that high ownership amongst the competition. Do we think that's something that might become a trend? We've seen that in the past, previous years. Do we think Lockie Neal potentially could be a player that? Uh, we might be looking at trading out of. Yeah, well, somebody yeah. with some fantasy credentials. Yeah, I was going to actually um, raise that when <laughs> when Holmes he was talking about him earlier. Whether you know whether he'd thought about trading him out. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm not likely to at the moment is because I've still got Mills and I've got a heap of money on my bench, so I'm probably just going to dump uh, Windhager and use that money to upgrade Mills to a decent premium. But if I didn't have anything better to do, it's certainly something that I'd be considering because the blueprint's there. It is there, and um, Holmes, he mentioned he's got Frio, who Hayden Young tagged on the weekend, didn't he, Holmesy? So potentially that's something that could happen there. Yeah, yeah, Hayden Young, they gave that role to him to tag Danger on the weekend and all of the word coming out of Frio this week is that they're going to consider it again. I know Hayden Young has asked for the role, a bit like Took has, and they're still weighing up whether they do it, but I can't see why they wouldn't, to be honest. The blueprint is there that if you want to beat Brisbane and shut them down, then that that starts with shutting Lockie Neal out of the game. So it'd be crazy not to, but at the same time, we haven't seen a lot of tagging going on this year. So whether it comes to fruition or not, but it could be a very good leg up for for comps that uh, sorry for coaches that are that are trying to chase and and get a leg up in in those high ownership players because if he drops another sixty and you're getting up to someone that's 120, 60 points at at that range is is massive. Yeah, and what's interesting is he plays Fremantle, who are obviously trying to break into that eight. Adelaide Crows, the exact same. Mm. Collingwood, who are going to be tough uh, anyway, and then St Kilda, who are trying to break into that eight. Fremantle, Adelaide, and St Kilda—they've always—they've all got uh, designated taggers too that could potentially do a job. So something to worry about. But I do just want to stress that. Um, that Tuke Miller tag, that was like Patrick Bateman, American psycho. He just didn't take his eyes off of him. It was absolutely ridiculous. Still managed 17 touches. I'm not sure there's more disciplined taggers in the AFL than what Tuke Miller is. So while I think there's an advantage to jumping off this week and maybe finding or being first and finding some extra points that way, hoping that a tag does come, uh, I'd be inclined to just uh, sort of rest on his history as a player. He's obviously a player that can put up tons over multiple weeks and, and just hope that it doesn't become a trend. But if we see it next week, then, then it's massive alarm bells. Yeah, I, that was kind of where I got to as well. It's not as if this is Lockie Neal's first tag. I mean, the guy has been working through it for years, hasn't he? So, um, and, and more often than not, he still gets to 100. So, um, you know, I think 60 is his floor. Like, I can't see him getting below that. All right, I'm going to bring this up now just because we've got this question later anyway and I'd love the full squad's opinion. But um, somebody's brought up the fact of just underperforming premiums in general and I think Louis or, or Holmesy even as well, you guys right at the top have always kind of said that 
maybe a point of difference isn't always necessarily someone in hot form that you can jump on on low ownership. It's also going the other way and looking at someone incredibly high ownership and jumping off before, I guess, and, and maybe grabbing that 10 to 15 to 20 points or whatever that may be. I've had Tim Taranto's name thrown my way in the questions a fair bit. So, we're just skipping ahead. I just want to chuck this in the same category because you've got Neil, a proven scorer, Taranto, a leading scorer for most of the year, 117 average, but he's down at 96 in his last five. He's owned by basically everyone in the competition. Um, do you see any merit in trading him out or and finding someone that can maybe do a bit better than the 96 he's produced in the last five? Um, who wants to take this one? Tough question, Holmesy. Oh, yeah, it, it's tough. It really is. I think this, what, 77 on the weekend, that's his first real bad score and that's significantly dropping his last five average. I think before that, maybe there was a 96, maybe two weeks ago. But other than that, he's still been performing at top six levels. Man, maybe if you're someone like myself that doesn't have, have an Errol, it's an easy jump up to an Errol um, and you do it that way. But He's been so good this whole year. Yes, he's gone through a bit of a lean patch, but I suppose, Louis, the question I'll throw to you, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Hopper's back now and and they've got a little bit more um, spread in that midfield? When he was in that real hot runner form throughout the middle of the season, it was essentially him, right? Yeah, potentially. There's obviously a bit of a um, you know transition period where they work out how to play football together. Uh, I'd don't think that's the main reason. I think it's just a little bit of a drop-off in form for Tim Taranto. He's still been playing, like, great football. Like, last week, kicked three goals for a 116. Uh, it was a little bit underwhelming on the weekend, but that was a very tight game uh, in the context of the latter. It is interesting, though. He has uh, Port Adelaide in round 24. Uh, before that, he's got Bulldogs, St. Kilda, North Melbourne. So, I'd be a little bit hesitant to trade out of those matchups, but that Port Adelaide matchup... Uh, interests me just because we mentioned before that potentially a Zeeble, potentially a Tex could absolutely pop one out of the box. And if you're jumping off of a bloke who's, you know, 60% owned, uh, who maybe potentially scores a 90, who he averages against Port, not saying that's going to happen, and you can jump on a Zeeble or a Tex who gives you a 140, uh, then you're immediately, you know, sort of 60 points ahead of the comp. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's merit there, but I think it's too early to be thinking about it. Just two things for me, Dossie. You'd be wanting to go to a gun, right? You'd only really do it if you could, uh, didn't have Dunkley and you wanted to get to him. And if you were going to trade out of a popular forward option that's underperforming, it's probably Zach Butters, really. Okay. Yep, some nice points from Harmy. I might throw one more to you. <laughs> I've just I've just basically jumped. This show's just going into chaos again. Um, but I, I love it. We just basically our observation round table. I'm chucking in this one as well because it also comes into this category. When we're talking about pods, if you've got a pod and they're underperforming, are they the most critical to get off? Like, let's talk yep. about Caleb Daniel really quickly. A stinker up in Mars, as he's done. I know the traders had that classic song this week that was going doing the rounds there, small potato gag. But what do you think on, on jumping off him? Are they the most important type of people to get off? And, and Or is it sort of better to jump off a guy like Butters, like you said? Depends where you are. Um, if you're competing, you probably want to try and get your team a bit more vanilla. So, but if you just if you if you're outside of the top thousand sort of thing, I'd reckon grab a few pods and um, just ride and see what happens. Have a crack. If you're in the top ten, let's say, and in my DMs asking that question, <laughs> have a crack. Uh, <laughs> he's probably not the pod I'd have. 
um, put it that way, just because of the uncertainty with the Bulldogs. If I was gonna, if I was in the top ten and I was looking for a pod, it wouldn't be Caleb Daniel. That's my bad. Sorry, I thought you meant the top ten k for you, Dossie. <laughs> He's All top right, 17,000 22 draft I'm popping a sting right here Okay, it's time for our best 22 draft. We're going to do this like we did in the preseason. It's going to be drafting the best players to get right now. So much like we did with our starting squad, if you can remember all the way back then, we're going to be doing the best players to get right now until the end of the season. So kind of like your rolling 22s that you see out there, but this is just for this week to the end of the season. There's only a month left. We're going to draft a starting 18 snake draft style with the bench, as I mentioned, being filled by players we think are going to pop in round 24, which is the final round of this season in round 24. Okay. We also get one veto, which is our little wrinkle. And you can also veto a veto, which you guys instigated that rule last time. So we each get only one veto if you want to change a player that somebody else has drafted. I've set the draft order in reverse rank order. So Dossie with number one pick. We've got Kyle second. Harmy third and Louis fourth, of course, with the reverse draft order. I'm going to go out of the box right here and I'm actually going to start a little bit different. I'm going Max Gorn first. First pick, I think he's going to come home like a steam train and uh, no Brody Grundy in that side. We just saw Harrison Petty um, kick six snags on the weekend. I actually think he's going to be a top two ruck for the season. I just thought I'd want to kick it off a little bit different. Um, you're nodding your head, Louis. Do you agree? Uh, I'm not as confident as you. I think Tim English has put up some very good scores as of late, and so has Rowan Marshall, despite the injury cloud. Obviously, a few things have come together for Max Gorn across the next few weeks, or the last few weeks, I should say, but the next few weeks, potentially, you could be seeing another Grundy in there if they decide to go back to that formula. I'm not sure they will, but um, I'm not going to argue with their, with you there, uh Dossie, because if he puts up the numbers that he is currently, then he's probably is a shoe in for the top two right. So, so he wasn't yeah, the worst trade in of the week. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. And uh, shout out to Stato who um, had been previously a Max Gorn owner a little bit too early on on the Gorn train. I wonder if he'll jump back on now that things are looking rosy for Gorn. But um, I'm also just going to say right now, so I mentioned, you mentioned Tim English as well, killing it. So in this draft, the, the system is just draft whoever we want, wherever we want. doesn't matter if they're number one in their line, number six in their line. You can draft whoever you damn well please. And um, in that system, you also don't have to pick the number one player first and go chronologically like that with the averages, that. okay? Thanks, yep. All right. On to you. Holmesy, your first pick of the draft. Yeah, thanks, Doss. I'll go a little bit more vanilla than your Max Gorn pick. I'm just going to go Jordan Dawson as D1. He's been incredible this year and I can't see that slowing down. Love that for you. Yeah, he's he's absolutely killing it. Harmy? Captain of the Bombers and captain of the best 22, Zach Merritt, M1. Okay. Who's he got to finish the year? You sure about that? Would you sure like me to America go through it? Bring it home strong. West Coast yeah. North in the next two weeks. West Coast Boyd. North, GWS Collingwood. Uh, yep, no, that sounds all right. 
Sounds pretty good. Uh, Louis, who have you got for us? So, so far we've got Maxi Gorn, Zach Merritt, and Jordan Dawson. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll throw in one that might be pretty obvious. I think Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah, that's pretty clear as well. Uh, do you want to? You've got the snake, so you've got to go again, Lou. On the return, I'll get a little bit spicier. One that's a bit of a point of difference, and that uh, many coaches might not own at this point, but should own in the next couple of weeks, and that's Rory Laird. Rory Laird. Okay, walk us through it. So obviously, uh, Matt Crouch is back in the side. They've they've just had a blowout win over your boys, Port Adelaide, in a strange turn of events. Why do you think uh, Laird will bring it home strong and be a target? Oh, I think it drops off pretty quickly after the top sort of ten midfielders anyway. And Rory Laird, with his history, is a great fantasy scorer. Uh, the the Crows are trying to make finals. I think they're even more desperate after that showdown win, which maybe they didn't have penciled in as a win. Uh, and he was top eight before he got the injury, which only ended up being one week of a shoulder. So I think uh, we, we've got to come back to that well and uh, pay respect to Rory Laird. All right, Archie, I, I do respect and it. By I, the way, I held, of uh, I'm not sure if his shoulder was sore because I think he had 13 tackles at half time or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Uh, Harmy, all right, it's over to you. Uh, I'll put up who I think is R1, Tim English, uh, and I'll just say he plays Richmond, Hawthorne, West Coast and Geelong. So should have a good finish to the year as well. All right. We've got our two Ruckman, Max Gorn and Tim English. So, wonder if anyone's going to throw a veto in before the end. But Maxi Gorn, um, number one in the competition for the last three rounds, four points scored. And another guy killing it. Oh, wait. It's first, we've got to go to Holmesy for his pick. Yeah, I'll draft a forward and just take Josh Dunkley. Uh, 112 on return and then a 137 last week. Uh, he can score like no other. I think he had a 62-point third quarter on the weekend, um, and he's going to be a big part of what Brisbane do moving towards finals. All right, I'm going to take two of my boys here and uh, going to kick it off with, I mean, if we were playing this draft in the player that's going to average the most for the rest of the season, this guy may very well be the person. I'm going with Luke Davies Uniac LDU coming home like he did last year as well, like an absolute steam train. He's had 122, 138, 104, 120 in his last four. Um, he's just absolutely braining it on the way home. He's got Clarko back in the helm, but that ain't going to stop him just absolutely killing it. Melbourne, Essendon, Richmond, and Gold Coast in his next four. That sounds like a pretty bloody good draw to me and a guy averaging 109 in his last five as well. Um, look, he's just got the absolute reins in that we North Melbourne it. midfield we on the way it, home. get it, Dossie. You like LDU. Okay. <laughs> I like LDU. Parish um, Yeah, Parish is coming next. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not coming next. Uh, I'll just go Errol Goulden because he's an absolute beast and I don't think anyone's going to argue with that pick. So, LDU and Goulden. For me, back to you, Holmesy. Yeah, I am going to... Let's lock away another midfielder. Oh, this is pretty tough. Well, I'm going to go Jack Steele. He has hit some serious form yep. again. Yeah. He's... Clearly over all of his injuries that were hampering him mid-season. Um, and, yeah, St Kilda are pushing hard for finals and he's once again going to be a big part of that as their captain. Man, what a, what a like, I don't know, a sigh of relief for people that backed him in earlier in the year. And this, this is just the mystery of fantasy. Like, this is what the guy can do. And 
coming back from injury just clearly a little bit too early, Harmy. You'd be so devastated if you went earlier on in the season because this is what you should have been getting at that stage. And obviously, it's great to see him back in form, but you'd be a bit like, you'd be a bit annoyed, wouldn't you, Harmy? Well, not me. I um, traded him at a pretty decent time. I mean, he's, he's, he's been <laughs> awesome, and he's probably he's just about be the top scorer for the rest of the year as well. He's been, yeah, he's looking good. Okay, we'll get into our next pick, which is indeed you, Harmy. Uh, look, not too many uh, defenders off the board, so let's have a look. I'll take take Sicily. Not concerned by the, the tension he's copped the last uh, couple of weeks, I suppose, even with a bit of attention last week, he still managed to pop in a decent enough score. All right, that's fine. Uh, Louis, take it away. Yep, yeah, uh, might as well get the obvious ones off the board first. So, snake draft, I'll go Nick Dacos in defence, and then I'll go Connor Rosie up forward. Beautiful, and we're back to Harmy already. So, there, there are a few pretty easy ones. I think we can all agree there. Lock away in our best 22, and I'll do a little bit of a recap after we finish this round for anyone that's uh, following along. Yep, just another easy one, mate. Um, with the Bulldogs' good run, I'll take Jack McRae in the forward line. Jeez. All right. Well, we might need a veto here, um, Holmesy. What do you reckon? He's been absolutely kill- <laughs> He's been absolutely killing our team this year, Holmesy. Are you going to have to ve- you're going to pop a veto on McRae? I think that's literally what Did, Harms you know, done. In the for. context, I feel like the McRae hate is because of what we know he's capable of. Yeah. But Sorry, Harmy. I, I suppose I, I'm not I, either, So, <laughs> so Dossie, get the explicit. Uh, rating tag on this because I'm going to veto the shit out of that and replace <laughs> McRae with Cornelio. All right, he's gone. Okay. Off to Cornelio there. Um, I respect that from you, Holmesy. Oh, I've got the double here and I'm a bit rattled because there's um, it's quite a bit going on. Look, I, I'm going to pop in someone who I think very well could be that. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I'll go a bit safer so I don't get it vetoed this early. Uh, Harry Sheasel. Which one should I pop here? I'm going to say forward for Harry Sheasel. I'll pop him there. And then I'll also pick up a certain player. Yeah, let's go another really simple one in defense because defense is is a tougher one. Uh, let's just go Jack Sinclair. So I'm going a little bit vanilla at this point on in time. But yeah, Sheasel up forward and um, down back we've got Sinclair. Do you think Sheasel's for, forward or defense, boys? Forward. Oh, I'd have him in defence, yeah. but that's all right. Oh, okay. Uh, moving on to you, Holmesy. Yeah, I think I'll take the low-hanging fruit here in defence. Have we picked Sam Doherty yet? No. No. Nah, he was, um, he'll still be good. I know he had an 87 on the weekend, but I'm not. you guys didn't watch the game, but he copped a very big knock straight after three-quarter time. I think it was a minute into the last quarter which meant that he sat a large part of that last quarter off and he wasn't himself when he was on the ground. So, he'll be fine moving forward as long as that uh, that knock's all good and he hasn't been injured. So, yeah, it's Sam Doherty should be massive on the run home and has St Kilda this week. Oh, jeepers. Okay. He's a target then. Uh, Harmy, you're up. Uh, it's now starting to get a bit tougher. Yeah. So, I'll go through what we've got so far. We've, got, I mean, we've only got one defender pick left. Um, we've still got three midfield slots available and then one forward slot. And, of course, we're going to go through our bench. But, yeah, um, getting real thin now. I think you've got some leeway in the mids if you want to take a stab. 
Yeah, I think I'll take a midfielder. And even though this guy's been quite disappointing recently, I'm going to have to take Andy Brayshaw. Mm, okay. Any any questions around that, lads? Um, picking Andy Brayshaw on the guts. Do we think he can come home strong as well, Louis? Yeah, I think so. I think he's wrestled Sarong out of it. They're both going to score well most weeks, but um, Brayshaw's got those runs on the board. And after last week, I, th- I thought it was a super impressive game. So, yeah, I'm backing him in. All right. It's good to see him back in the good books then for all the fantasy coaches out there. Louis, you've got the back-to-back picks here. Yep. So, I'll go Tim Taranto up forward. Jeez, yeah. Missed him. Okay. And uh, we've got one remaining pick down back, don't we? We do. I'll give it to Lockie Whitfield. He's mm. got a couple of hard games coming up. I did look at him, but... Mm. Yeah, I just want to be a bit different here, Harmy. I think that D6 spot is real open. I think you've got... Um, you don't mind me mentioning these names, dear Dossie, in this draft? What's this? Just for the last spot in the defence? No, go ahead. I think Wanganee Malera is going to go close. I think Luke Ryan could put up a put up a fight and then Tom Stewart's probably the obvious one uh, which should probably be D6 but I sort of lean, lean towards that uh, more uniqueness hmm. interesting alright All right. back so to my pick then is it Dussie yeah might yeah, use my veto ahead, use my veto I think and I'll just Ooh. knock out knock out the number one pick of the comp Max gone no, that's bullshit. He's number one. Okay, so what? Ron Marshall, great. Nice and vanilla squad we've got. Jesus no, Christ. I've just knocked him out, and I'm using my pick now, and I'll pick Sam Flanders in the forward line. I thought <laughs> you were going to come out with the <laughs> Briggsy. <laughs> how are you going to manage that? A bit of DPP somehow? What? I'm just leaving the spot open for someone else, such as yourself, to pick somebody else in that spot. But there's no spots left in the forward line. Yeah, there is. No, we've got No, six. I took it with Taranto. Oh, Taranto. You're going to have to veto a forward. Sheasel. Oh, because he put Sheasel forward. Oh. You could veto Whitfield, DPP Sheasel back, and <laughs> bring in Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a bit too confusing for me. <laughs> Go on, do it. All right, scrap that. I'll just take uh, Darcy Parrish, not enough bombers in this uh, in this lineup so far. All right, I think is that just about it? Is that it? One, nah. two, three, four, five. No, we've got one more spot in the midfield to go, and Holmesy, it's your pick. And then we've got Vito's still left. We do have Vito's. Yeah, far out. This is getting a bit tough because I was actually going to select Darcy Parrish, Harmy. You've snaked that one from me. And is that like, okay, so uh, same easy run, contract year, Parrish, he's got West Coast North, JWS and Collingwood, as we mentioned before. Oh, Collingwood round 24 as well. That's for yeah. the medal. That's for the medal. He oh, loves I like, Collingwood. I like that pick. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. Yes. It was more because I was looking at the options we have left and of those, you know, high price players that have been scoring well. And you've got Petrarca, who you can't argue his form's been elite ever since, well, all year really, but. Uh, especially since Oliver's come out, but you don't know how that's going to shake up when Clary potentially comes back next week. Um, you've got Brad Crouch who bounced back to some form on the weekend, but he um, is up and down. Um, so I'm not too sure about that, but we do have one midfield spot left. 
I'm going to go a little bit vanilla, uh, sorry, a little bit uh, spicy here. And I'm going to go Libba mm. with Bulldog's run coming up. And he's the one that doesn't have any question marks on his role. I'd love to put Trelaw in there, but knowing that uh, he could be in and out of the midfield each and every week, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to line up. So I'm going to choose to go the safe play in Libba, who just quietly has had a fantastic season. Jeez, okay. Rounding it out with that, um, is there any vetoes that we'd like to use before wrapping up the sort of starting 22? I mean, I'm looking at, look, the guys that are in the most form recently, the ones missing out here, we've got uh, Charlie Kerno, who obviously is just up there because he had that massive score. Dan Houston, who's uh, 122 in his last three. Rowan Marshall, if you wanted to veto Gorn, but you're not allowed to. Uh, that's pretty much Christian Petrarca. Petrarca's the one. Won. I think we should be getting it's him. Not in. been included. I think yeah, he's probably I, the I one. I think even with Oliver returning, he's been the one that has been still playing that sort of hybrid forward midfield role. They've definitely been playing him in between, um, and he's still been scoring. So he's a bit stiff, Petrarca. Who do you reckon? They do Lou? have a good run as well. They do have a good run as well, don't they? Yeah. Who should Melbourne, we be I'm looking sure. to remove? Do you reckon Louie? LDU. Or Libba. Oh, come on, L- mate. It's LDU that stands out to me. Yeah, no I'll, I'll use my veto. Excuse me. Uh, I'll use my veto. <laughs> LDU no out. Way. Petrarca in. Oh, my <laughs> God. You can't be serious. He's like the set. What's his form for the com? He's number five on the form for the com. That's a little crazy. Oh, you want to use the your next veto four weeks, not you? about the last Doss? four weeks, Dossie. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. All right, so LDU's out for Petrarca. Yeah, bad call, boys. All right, you know what? I'm <laughs> in vintage Dossie fashion. I'm busting out my <laughs> – I'm dumping Sheasel and bringing in Flanders, so I'm taking out my own pick with a veto. <laughs> I've rethought about it. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking with Clarko back, he might play midfield. I have a little bit of questions about it. I want to get Sammy Flanders in there. Love me some Sammy Flanders, so – Veto for Dossie's own pick, and uh, we're bringing Flanders. All right, let's get to our bench. I think um, nobody's. I haven't. Be- I haven't vetoed yet. Are you gonna? Yeah, I reckon I'll get rid of Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! <laughs> Who's coming? I'll put in? in Jack McRae. Oh, yes, oh, yes, Lou. Yeah, that's so bad. All right, whatever. Um, okay, just for the listeners out there, I think Louis volunteered that he's going to put together an image for this. <laughs> but our defensive line, um, in no particular order, as we said, I'll try and get it as close as I can. So Dawson, Dacos, Sicily, Sinclair, Doherty, and Whitfield in our defensive line. In the midfield, we have Bont, Merritt, Laird, Petrarca, Jack Steele, Andy Brayshaw, Darcy Parrish, and Liberatore managed to survive the cut. Max Gorn, the first pick off the off the ranks, managed to keep his spot in the ruck, as did Tim English. And then we had Errol Goulden, Josh Dunkley, Connor Rosie, um, Canelio made the final cut, as did Taranto, and then our beloved man, Jack McRae, to round things out. Let's get to our bench. Who do we think is going to pop in round 24? Let's go reverse draft order for this one. And, Louie, you kick us off. Yeah, I've got to pay respect to Sheasel still up forward. In in round 24? Just for yep. just purely for round 24? 
purely for round 24. He comes up against the Gold Coast in Tasmania with no Aaron Hall and Zeebel's uh, farewell game, and he's got to kick it to somebody. All right. Uh, Harmy? Oh, geez, I'm not sure, mate. Maybe maybe I'll just take the low-hanging fruit and say it's on the forward line, Tex against the Eagles, kicking a bag, and we could loop him on if um, oh, it's the last game too. No, you can't loop him, mate. You have to whack the C on. Do we? I'll still go with Tex. Yeah. All right. Uh, Holmesy, who have you got? I'm going to go Dan Houston against Richmond on Sunday at Adelaide Oval late in round 24. Potential 150 on the cards um, if they play keepy-offs against Richmond. All right. I'm going to go... Bit of a different one then. I'll go Took Miller coming up against LDU in round 24 and pl- applying that hard tag all game and going 150, getting 15 tackles himself with the ball around constantly. Okay, that is our best 22 for the run home. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of a draft, something a little bit different. We're going to get to some questions very quickly before wrapping up. So get to as many as we can in the short amount of time that we have remaining. So... Bring up the Pod Pod AFL. Follow us at Pod Pod AFL on X. Holmesy, big fan of the the new branding there, Holmesy. Mate, to be honest, I spent about five minutes just scrolling through my apps the other day to find Twitter, only to realise <laughs> after five minutes that it's no longer Twitter. So that's how that's how much I've been paying attention. But yeah, interesting by uh, Elon. All right, there's a few players coming through. Let's talk about one that was requested. He's just ran away from the mic, so we might answer it for him now. Uh, Louis asked about Jason Johannesson, Harmy. What do you think about him on the run home? Coming back after that hamstring injury and looking back to normal? I think it's only a move that you would make if you were a desperate, desperate coach with a horrible team who was worried about somebody chasing them down. Okay. Louis, um, I.e. Louis looking at it and I'm chasing him down. We answered your question. You'll have to listen back for Jason Johannesson on the show. Uh, thoughts on Wingard, Holmesy? Need to get rid of Mills and Keys. He's he's killing it for around that 600K option. I've certainly used him to beat uh, Stato in the past on the run home. Yeah, it's the best he's looked in a couple of years, isn't it? We've, we've known that Chad Wingard's had a bit of a fantasy game about him in the past. Not someone I'm... Really looking at, to be honest, but I haven't actually watched a lot of Hawks games, to to be fair. Uh, so, if you really like him, you're a Hawks fan and, and you want to jump, there's worse trades you could make for 600K, but I think we should be looking to get up to the absolute guns at this time of year. But knowing that we're cash-strapped, go for it. All right. I think we've already given our thoughts. A lot of people asking about Parrish. I think we all kind of think that's a smash play given the run you guys have just said, especially with Collingwood usually being a tough matchup, but we know what he can do. Uh, Harmy, you've got you've got something to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's just have a, a quick, like just a one-minute whip around of the people that will be lower ownership who we said are pretty close to best 22. So LDU, Libba, Parrish. Um, there's a few there that we are saying may be a good point of difference, possibly McRae. Um yeah, and, and Louis threw out Witty, um, uh, Whitfield. So there's probably a few there that we are, would be lower ownership who we're saying could probably score well on the run home. Yeah, I think even the, in the midfield there, we, we were a little bit um, short. Obviously, we can only pick eight, but there's probably 15 out there that we could conceivably pick. I think Libba, 
which is definitely outside the box. Holmes, you brought up, is a great pick, but there's probably, you know, six others that you could put into that same camp too. So um, I think shrewd coaches will be analysing those matchups and what that looks like. And uh, I'm not sure there's a wrong answer amongst those 15, but I think that uh, the right answer will end up getting the coach a hat or a car. You know, a guy actually just like, comes to mind now that I think maybe could have been in our, in the conversation for our defensive line. Like, Hayden Young was playing in the guts this week. Does that mean Luke Ryan's just going to get every bloody kick down back, Harmy? Oh, I was just going to say it wouldn't be Young because he's in the guts, but he still only scored low 80. So No, but like, know. yeah, Luke Ryan taking the kick-ins plus Hayden, no Hayden Young to steal those kicks coming out of defence. I reckon the defensive line's like, out of what we've said, is just the most – of the vanilla lines, just because we're probably used to just seeing that all year. We've, we've kind of not really looked outside the box. And plus, those top four are pretty obvious. But mm. maybe in that kind of F6 slot, I don't know, like a Luke I don't Ryan mind it. Really I'll give you this, you a few Dossie. big scores. So, this week, they've got the Lions in um, WA. I know. It's a tough sketch. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, well, they've got West Coast and Hawthorne, so it's not that tough. It's just mm, that Port okay. Adelaide game might be hard. Yeah. Might bring him in myself. Uh, Dossie sneaking in his questions. Um, all right, so Timmy Guest wants to know. Shout Timmy Guest. Uh, Flanders, he's, he's thrown in about five different names, but Sam Flanders, uh, is he still worth getting, Louis? Absolutely. Yeah, what's the average? 105 the last three or, f- three or five games or something, I think. Uh, but you've kicked him out more of than- our best eight at starting 18. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I had to. I had to pay respects to my boy uh, Jack McRae. I think you guys have got goggles on there. He's still got a good uh, fixture, and he's still a very good scorer. But um, no, nah, that, that's where that's where I sit, mate. Okay, and um, our last of the player request, Nick Newman. A uh, bit of a different one there, but he's also having a bit of a hot patch in form. Could he be another defender that is kind of going under the radar in the, in that last little spot? 123 on the weekend, 10 marks and seven tackles for Nick Newman in what is in a rampaging Carlton outfit, Army. Yeah, and Doc in the midfield because they've got a couple of injuries. Um, mm. Hold on a sec, just let me... Yeah, Doc, 18 centre bounce attendances for him. So that was uh, second only to Cripps of the midfielders there. Chera obviously out with the hamstring this week. Um, Paddy Dow might have to do some uh, heavy lifting in there as well. But yeah, yeah it's an interesting uh, one, isn't uh, it? Nick Newman. Newman you, did, you I, did I hear that Zach Williams is potentially coming back before the end of the year? Surely not. He did nah, I think he's, No, I think he started running. Well, in that. I don't think he's. Okay. Right, no, okay. No, I just heard a brief mention on radio and I wasn't sure if he's if he's actually coming back this season. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, I much I much prefer Ryan over Newman. Um if you were looking for somebody different there, Dossie, but Newman's pretty cheap. That's maybe why people are throwing his name out there. Mm. And finally uh, sorry, well, sorry yeah. Harmy, where would you have Wanganee Malira in that group as well, out of interest? Mm. Uh well, He's eight hundred sixty-four thousand. Like, it depends. He's expensive. Depends but, who you're you know, competing against. Like, Saints are probably playing their best football um, as of late with Nasir Wanganee Malira playing a massive role. Does that continue? Do we think he can be a top six defender potentially? Is he maybe more one of those guys at six to nine that we keep? Oh, look, it just it depends on who else you can bring in. Doesn't it? So, 
Um, I don't know. If you didn't have a dock or a Sicily, I'd definitely be leaning that way and throw your um, point of difference in another position. I, th- I think overall it's a good thing that we don't have this allegiance to this F6 and D6 position because it might make it easier to trade into these types, which we've discussed throughout the show. Uh, your Hearns, your your Holes, your Zebels, your... Uh, you know, all those types of Texas. Um, yeah, I think that might hold us in better stead anyway. And what about um, uh, as a cheaper option if you're sort of just still doing those couple of uh, trades, you've only got a certain amount of coin. I heard Warney pretty keen for Matt Crouch uh, this week. In this, he's low 700Ks. I mean, they're probably going to give him a run to the end of the season at this rate, um, especially after pantsing the uh, Port Adelaide power on the weekend. Louis shaking his head. I might get Harmy's opinion first. Um, oh, well, the reason he's been in the twos is because he's a bit of a plotter. Like, no disrespect, I don't mind him, but he handballs a lot and he's not that quick. So what's changed? Is that who they need to send them into the finals? I'd probably question it. I'm just, I know that he's been handy for them, but I think that when push comes to shove and they're pushing it um, to make the top eight, I don't know if he's really going to be the man that's going to be playing 80% in the midfield for them. All right, and we had yeah. one. Sorry, Sorry I, I tend to agree. I think um, it's a break glass in case of emergency. If they saw Matt Crouch as part of their finals tilt, then maybe they would have played him uh, previous to round 19. Obviously, they he come in in round eight um, for a little cameo as the sub, but uh, 20 handballs, I think he's still the same player. There's a reason that they're not playing him in the AFL. They know that he can find the football. They know that he can tackle. They know that he can attend centre bounces. But the problem is that he doesn't use the football how they'd like him to. And uh, until he ticks that box, and maybe he has, I'm still uh, on the side of him going back to the sandful. All right. Now, Warney's asked one final question, and I'm actually going to delay this for a week. This needs a week of can, you know, really deep research and, and going back to the observable thirst lab to figure out really just the, the requirements of this because his question for us, the pod pod, for a top 10 ranking of players with observable thirst. Now, as the, as the, uh, I guess I'm not the creator of Observable Thirst, I, w- I will say that, but as the steward of Observable Thirst, um, Joe from my old work, uh, J- g'day Joe from work, he created the term and um, I'll have to consult with the creator just to make sure that we are on the same page. But look, they, they provided a perfect explanation on their show, but really it is someone with an insatiable desire for the pill. It can't just be someone that racks up a lot of the pill or... For instance, I saw a couple of the names that were thrown in this very conversation with guys like Naziah Wanganine Miller, right? He, for me, great player, looks like an absolute star of a young player. He's got a fantastic role where the whole objective of the back line is to get the ball in either his or Sinclair's hands. Thirst isn't necessarily that position where you're in a spot where you get the pill. You need to like be screaming for it, waving your arms around, as Roy said on the show for Goulden. You need to be begging to touch that pig skin. It has to be a next level desire for the Sharon. Like that is observable thirst. And that is why I would say a few people, have, you know, Goulden definitely qualifies for this. Nick Dacos, another one that just, if he doesn't have Sharon in hand, he, he is very upset. Uh, Louis, you, you agree with this terminology of observable thirst? This is the definition. I agree entirely, mate. And I think there should be a rule that you automatically get 
put into this group, if you are one of those players that screams for the ball like crazy, waves their hands, and when you're not given the football, you use the momentum of swinging your hands down yes. to <laughs> jump up and maybe even do a little bit of a twirl and then throw your hands out again just to show yep. how much disgust you've got in that player for not giving you the pill. And I think Errol Gordon was one of the main ones that did that last oh, yeah. year. So good. <laughs> Absolutely loves the pill. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad you've given us a week for this one because there is a yep. few players who just get absolutely filthy. Uh, if you don't give them the football, Zorko would be another one. Oh, Zorko was one of the yep, one of the originators when we were talking about this many years ago. I will say the name that really rings true. And the first name I remember when Joe first brought up Observable Thirst and we're talking about fantasy pedigree. Obviously, this guy did not reach fantasy heights, but just if he ever got that role, it's not going to happen now. This guy displayed the most observable thirst potentially I've ever seen. He probably still does to this very day. Jade Gresham gets incredible. He wants the pill so bad when he's in a, in a, in a position yeah, I don't it. know if he'll make the list. Maybe at another uh, club. But yeah. uh, bringing, while we're on the topic, should we also counteract it with maybe the opposite? Who's dying of thirst? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I've got it. I know the number one. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Don't tell us. We'll reveal it next oh, week. Okay. That's the teaser next week. Maybe the observable thirst and then the the, uh, the opposite. We, we did come up with a name for that a few years ago. We'll have to bring it out from the well. But look forward to that. And everyone, one month left. Good luck for the stretch home.